what you just said, everybody's going to notice. So he, he made it a bigger deal while in his mind trying to not make it a big deal. But I wonder if it's him sitting up in bed at night and just being like, you know what? I, I've had enough of this. I'm going to unfollow. Or I wonder if it's maybe his agent. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the latest edition of Chasing It on the 33rd team. Trey Wingo here with Chase Daniel. Chase, I know you played for a lot of years, and you might not have heard this, but I believe there is no offseason in the NFL, right? We have Zero. Four <laughs> we have four distinct seasons that we go through. There's the preseason, there's the regular season, there's the postseason, and then there's what I call the play player procurement season, which is the combine, <laughs> NFL free agency, the draft, post-draft signings, all that kind of stuff. So there's really no off-season. Although, the way things are going these days, I think we should rename player procurement season to who did they unfollow on their social media accounts season. <laughs> because that has become the rage oh across goodness. the NFL, right? What, did you ever think when you were playing all those years that that would be the thing that would garner the most attention? And, of course, I'm talking about Justin Fields unfollowing the Bears and yeah. unfollowing the NFL. Yeah, it's a weird. It's a weird thing because I didn't. I didn't grow up like in the league as like the social media time at all. Like it's just gone yeah. completely crazy. So I'm like, and half these teams I play with, I didn't even follow their Instagrams or Twitter. I was like, I don't care. Like, why does it matter? And then all of a sudden, it's news. If some, I swear, every huge network or division within social media, all these massive companies, they must have that one person that just goes and searches all the 32 starting quarterbacks, all the star receivers and be like, are they following like Stefan Diggs? Is he following the bills today? If he's not, yeah. it needs to be national news. It needs to be all this. And all of a sudden that was how it happened with Justin Fields. There was some searcher at some firm that's making not enough money having to search through all these Instagram handles and finds out, Oh my gosh, guys, guess what? Justin Fields. It's not following the Chicago Bears. Let's run with it. And that's all this news cycle has been about is Justin Fields has unfollowed the Chicago Bears on social media. And thanks to our good friends, Equinemia St. Brown and Amon Ra St. Brown, we found out more about why Justin Fields uh, is unfollowing Bears. He was a guest on their recent podcast, which of course is brought to you by the 33rd team. So here now, take a listen to Justin Fields talking about his explanation for why he unfollowed the Bears and the NFL. What's with the unfollow with the Bears? What's, what's up with that? Man, bro, I'm glad we're talking about it because people, why do people take social media so serious? Like, <laughs> but like why, why are you not following follow the Bears? This and that. Like, I still mess with the Bears. This and that. I'm just trying to take a little break. I unfollow the Bears and the NFL, bro. I'm not just trying to have football on my timeline. Like, you're saying you mess with the Bears more now that you unfollow them. Man, it's ah, not even like okay, that. Okay. It's, it's something that I don't want to see in my timeline. I'm about to go on vacation. I don't want to see no football. And guess mm. what? Just, just get away. Get away from Every bit. Bears post. Let's see who you follow. Nah, let's see who you follow. See the draft, Caleb. So it's like, bro, man, I'm tired yeah. of hearing the talk. Okay, so that was his explanation. Your thoughts? Um, I have a lot. the the main The main one, once hearing this, you know, so and great job by the Brown, like that. Absolutely, is awesome. well done. Like, well, well done. done to get Justin. 
to do this. And quite honestly, he's the most talked about person and will be until um, the draft in April uh, because yeah. of what the situation is going to be like with him and the Bears, number one pick, all that stuff. But hearing that, it just really brought me back to um, that, man, he's a human. Like, like the dude is human. And he is understanding and is very aware of everything that is being talked about with him. And is he going to be there? Is he not going to be there? Obviously, you heard he definitely wants to be there. He can't see himself uh, in any other jersey than a Chicago Bears jersey. But that's the hardest thing for players to do nowadays. When you're following all this stuff on social is media. It- is it really that I'm hard? I'm telling you, it, 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 it completely changed since when I was in. And it's just in your face 24-7. You're old school. I know. I got it. So am I. I didn't care what yeah. anyone said. I, although I did, I did want to know what everyone said. Like Why? I, I would, I, because Why I would you want to know that? I want to know the narrative out there. And I wanted to know what people were saying, even if it didn't matter. So you could get ahead of it. And I'm telling you, not all of these sports information directors at all these teams or these communication directors, they, and you're put in front of the media a lot as a quarterback. Sometimes they don't tell you. Sometimes they get the narrative wrong. I want to know what I'm stepping into when I'm talking about it. And I think okay. that it, you know, it's, it's him, it's him unfollowing a team. Like, I don't think that really matters. Like if you didn't want to see it, don't look at it, but I get, I get wait, that wait, he, wait, 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 what did you just say? If you don't want to see it, don't follow it. But there he's it been is. following it the whole time. But he's or, been following or, the whole time. Or don't look at it. Like, look, here's the thing. First yeah. of all, I do agree it humanizes him. By the way, when I did the draft, I, I, that was the thing I stressed. These are not products. These are people. So we're going to tell their stories. We're going we're gonna to relate. Because I think people look at the draft and like, oh, we need a tight end. Insert tight end from Big State University. And then, boom, we have our tight end. It's not a product. It's a person that comes with all these different dynamics and all these things. So I appreciate that. And I like Justin a lot. Here's what I would say. You're choosing to look at it. He said, you know, uh, my timeline is bombarded. Then don't look at it. Like, it, if, you, if you don't understand that going through the act of unfollowing the team that may or may not be trading you for the number one overall pick is going to cause a sensation, that's on you, okay? The idea that he, Justin would think, well, I'm just going to do this and no one will notice. What you just said, everybody's going to notice. So he, he made it a bigger deal while in his mind trying to not make it a big deal. And that's the problem I have. You don't know what you don't know, okay? Once you unfollow it, it becomes a much bigger, much bigger deal. You know what would have made it not a big deal? Notifications. Mute them. Very simple. Then we don't have now. Unfortunately for us, the thirty third team wouldn't have this great interview yeah, with Justin yeah. Fields and and Amon Ross St. Brown and his brother Equinemia St. Brown. By the way, the the Brown brothers and their stories were my favorite things about the draft and their whole family and the bodybuilding and the dynamic and all that stuff. That's part of what we love. But by saying I didn't want to make it a big deal, you did the one thing that made it a big deal. Okay, if he had just muted or turned his notifications off. None of this would be in the news cycle. But because of a conscious decision that he made, he made it a news cycle. So he's trying to do, in doing what he did, he did the opposite of what he set out to do. And that to me is problematic. Yeah. And I wonder, I wonder if it was. Just turn it off. Him. Yeah. I wonder if it was him actually 
like just randomly sitting in bed at night and scrolling through Instagram, which everyone does. And that's what I'm saying. It's a different dynamic with players nowadays, Trey. It really yeah. is because they, they want to know everything. They, I'm telling you, and, and some people, and I, and I don't think this is Justin at all, some people feed off of it. Some people gain confidence off of how much they're getting talked about. Not Justin, because I do not think Justin is that. But I know that for a fact. I've been in locker rooms where, oh, yeah, look, like, save how many bookmarks I have on Twitter with all these articles about me. Like, I'm hot shit. No, no. Like, no. Th- this isn't Justin. However, was it what did Nick Sa- What did Nick Saban call it? Rat poison? Wasn't oh, that Nick so Saban's rat word? Poison, yeah. Rat poison. That's <laughs> totally, what it is. Totally. But I wonder if it's him sitting up in bed at night and just being like, you know what? I- I've had enough of this. I'm going to unfollow. Or I wonder if it's maybe his agent. Like, I wonder if there's a play in there somewhere. Because we've seen players in the past do this type of thing and maybe not as big a player as Justin, but, and it's worked and I don't know what he wants to work because honestly it's out of his hands and the quicker he can realize that it's out of his hands and it's really, it is not up to him, Trey. Like the bears are going to do what the bears are going to do. Ryan Poles is either going to stick with Justin, trade him away or pick Caleb Williams or someone else at, at number one. And I think that's the hardest thing sometimes I'm, I think, basic, knowing Justin a little bit and knowing his character, I think it was just off the whim, like, you know what? I'm so sick and tired of dealing with this. Let me just unfold. I don't know if he understood the consequences of just but, but a isn't that simple a, but unfollow. Is, but isn't I'm that telling, a I'm issue? telling you, people, but don't, but, people don't understand. People don't that, understand. Well, okay, you're right, because go back to this past season where he said – forget it. I'm just going to do what I want to do. And what's the problem? And he said, coaching. And he didn't understand in that press conference that by him saying, oh, it's coaching that he had basically thrown. And he had, he had to have an emergency press conference later in the locker room after his media availability. So to me, this now becomes a much bigger issue on a lot of levels. Okay. Because we've seen already him not understanding what he says and how he acts and how it will be received. Right, we saw that, and then in that press conference, he said, "Hey, don't twist my words." I was like, "Nobody was twisting your words. You were quoted warmly and accurately, and this was the response to what you said." Now, you might not have meant that, but that's what you said. So it's up to you then to clarify what you should have said instead of what you did say. And so now, if this becomes a separate issue with him on following all this up, and he didn't understand it again. Then I have a bigger concern, if I'm being honest, because now I'm seeing a pattern of a guy who doesn't understand the consequences of the things that he does. Yeah. And that becomes even more problematic. Yeah. I, I think that um, at the end of the day, like Justin, Justin means well, man. Like he is really well loved by his teammates. He's going to be balling out for I don't know who, but even if it's not the Bears, he like the dude's ceiling is rising. Like, <clears throat> Like yeah. after that coaching incident where he had to have an emergency press conference and come back and say it, what I did, you know, clear, he balled out, dude. Like, look he at did. the numbers. He, he played extremely well. He's made this decision on Ryan Poles and the owners of the Bears and everyone. Like, so much more difficult. Like, I, I like I've talked about this before. I guarantee you that Ryan Poles was like, ah, uh, like I hope Justin plays well enough that we can trade him, but not well enough to where we actually have to think about keeping him because they do have the number. It's a, it's a tough decision. 
in, in my opinion, still like I'm, I'm, I can see both sides of it. Like I, I've, I've gone from like team all keep Justin to team like, okay, like you just have to see what else is going to go on out there, what you can get, get for a trade comp, all that, maybe even keep them as a backup. Like there's all sorts of talk on what could happen. But at the end of the day, I, I think this was something that just became a much bigger story not him unfollowing, but a much bigger story as in what are the Chicago Bears going to do with the number one pick? But, but, Justin but again, Fields versus Caleb Williams. There's Chicago news radio stations that are having town yeah. halls to debate Justin Fields or Caleb Williams. This is wild. But, it became but, but, such a spectacle. But that's my point. You have to know that's going to happen. You have to Welcome know. And to by the Chicago. way, I, I'm, I'm, by the way, in the firm camp that they should keep him develop him, and give yeah. him more weapons. I mean, to me, yeah. if you just keep redrafting the quarterback, I've said it before, you become the Jets, and nobody wants to be the Jets. Okay, let's be honest about it. So, you know, the, to me, I think you should, but but I, I'm telling you, he's got to understand the, the – if he says it's such a fishbowl, then he needs to understand his actions create a bigger fishbowl. So that, that, that's my issue going forward. Okay, so we'll see what happens with Justin. Again, great job by the Amon Ra St. Brown, uh, the, the St. Brown brothers Amazing to get interview. the interview. And we appreciate the content because, again, we're in player procurement season. We so love, we love content. the content. Team 3013 loves the content. I want to be clear. But the other side of this, of course, is what to do with Caleb Williams, who was the Heisman winner a couple of years ago and then had not his best season this past uh, mm. year and was trying to figure out what to do and then thought about even coming back. But he, 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 is, he did enter the draft. Um, you have begun your dive into the Caleb yeah. Williams tape. For a guy that played as many years as you did in the league and knows what it takes to survive, first of all, let, let, let's start with the things that you have concerns about. We, everybody knows that, like he's got a rocket of an arm and all that kind of stuff. All of that stuff we know. But it's not highlights that make it in the NFL. It's traits that can transfer and be developed in the next level that yeah. make you a star in the NFL. So what are the concerns you have about Caleb Williams? Well... There's honestly, Trey, there's not a lot of on-field stuff that I'm, that I'm worried about. And on the field, like, like in my opinion, he's, he's like semi-generational talent. Like, like the dude does all those things. And I think the, the finer things are maybe a little bit of footwork issues. He doesn't play under center like at all. And when he's taken under center snaps, it looks a little weird uh to be completely honest with you that's a big deal like i haven't seen him under center play action shot play i mean you can't be in shotgun every single snap of your nfl career right like that that's a big deal to me and by the way time out time here, out real quick but, it, but no it you're not nitpicking I'll, you're not nitpicking i'll tell you why uh 2006 draft vince young did a pre-draft interview and one of the things i said to him was hey vince one of the things that people are saying that may be a concern about you is that you played 95% of your snaps in shotgun as opposed to under center, which you're going to have to play a lot more in the NFL. What's your reaction to that? And you know what his answer was? What? He said, well, it's basically the same thing. And I was like, bro. It's not no, even close, it bro. It's not even close. That's when, I, that's when I began to have concerns about Vince Young at the NFL level. So what you're saying, the reason I bring that up, is yeah. that's a real thing, okay? You can have all well, this talent, yeah. but it is a different dynamic when you play under center as opposed to when you play in shotgun. Well, look, I, I was – it's wild to me because, like, I played 14 years, okay, in, in the NFL. The prior eight years – I'm not kidding you, Trey – four high school, 
four in college. Okay, I may have been under center in eight years in high school and college, maybe five total times. That's ridiculous. Maybe. We took That's knees. That's insane. We yeah. took knees in high school out of shotgun. Okay? We were six and a half to seven yards deep at the University of Missouri in shotgun. Every single snap. There was like a few snaps where we were on the one yard line, like a half yard line, and we had to do a quarterback sneak just to get out of our own way uh, yeah. a little bit to end the game. I remember in Illinois. Like other than that, and I remember training after eight years when I, when I get trained to go into the draft and the combine, which is coming up right now, I started doing under center. Obviously you have to like three and five step drops. And I'm telling you, I didn't feel comfortable under center until like year three or four in the NFL. And when I was with the saints, it was a heavy play action under center with breeze. And he, and, and Sean Payton was like, you gotta learn to take some snaps like, like under center. And it was just very, very awkward. Like, yeah. like I, I do think that teams have changed, that teams are a lot more shotgun. 60% is like 50 to 60% is like the norm, but there's still that 30, 40% where you got to get the under center run game. The angles are better. You got to get the under center play action shot stuff. So that's going to be a big issue for me. And the other thing that I'm a little bit worried about <clears throat> is the off the field stuff and not necessarily the work ethic, but everything that comes along with Caleb and, and what's going to happen and how he's going to be um, as a leader. I, I know there's some reports on his leadership and, and some, some people maybe not understanding how he leads. All I know is when you go into an NFL locker room, and I don't want to speculate here because I, I don't think that's good. But when you go into an NFL locker room, if you're not 100% authentic and your yeah. true self, you are going to get found out pretty soon as a fraud. And I'm not saying this at all about Caleb Williams. I'm yeah, saying my are, advice to him, be who you are. Don't try to be anything else. Um, and I think that's something that the, the traits may, you know, it, it may, they, they might, they may overlook that scouts in teams and stuff because the traits are there. And so those are the two weaknesses. Cause there's really not, there's really not a lot. There's really not a lot. Yeah. But, but that, first of all, the shotgun is a huge transition. And that's why I want to bring up the Vince Young thing. And the leadership thing is accurate. Like people in New York, when Eli first got, they were like, oh, he's so quiet, blah, blah. But yeah. if Eli had started to yell at people, they would have been like, Shut up, clown. That's not you. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Like that's yes. that's Peyton. That's Peyton. That's not you. So you, I, I agree. You have to be true to who you are. Otherwise, it'll be yeah. sniffed out pretty quickly. Yeah. All right, the other thing we got to sniff out is we got a lot of uh, quarterback movement this offseason. We got to do his strengths. Trey, yeah. you didn't even ask me about his strengths. I don't care about his strengths. We all see his strengths. Like we all know. <laughs> we all know those things, right? The things that Human matter. Carousel. The thing that matter to me are the things that you see that might be problematic because anybody yeah. can see the highlights. That's the easy yeah. part. I just put you in your lane of professor. By the way, you're welcome. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. now we go on to the QB carousel, and it's going to be a lot of movement again. Kirk Cousins. What, what do we think is going to happen with Kirk? And again, the, the caveat with Kirk is, okay, despite you know, Aaron Rodgers breaking all medical history, it's going to yeah. be about a year. It's going to be about a year. So this happened happened mid-season. So where are we in a team that's going to be – because Kirk is like the – before there was Brock Purdy, there was Kirk Cousins, right? Like he was the lightning rod one way or the other. 
right? You either yes. loved him or you hated him. There was no, there was no never doubt. any in, never any in between. So where are you in where you think uh, Kirk Cousins, knowing that there's going to be some limitations wherever he goes to begin with, where do you think he ends up, or does he stay in Minnesota? Yeah, look, I I, um, I actually talked to Kirk uh, during Super Bowl week. We we saw each other at, at Media Row and just chatted. I've known him for a while. We go to a Christian conference together, PAO every year, and and just such a great such a great dude. First of all, like like just like if you if you just went up to him and didn't know what he looked like on the street, like you'd be like, all right, he's not an NFL quarterback. Like just just like how nice and just how. He is just a dude. Like, everyone knows that story about him driving that van still. Like, I think yeah. he's got another car. But when I talked to him, the first thing I was like, hey, bro, how you doing? Like, how, how you feeling? Like, how's the Achilles? And everyone saw the scar on the Pat, Pat McAfee show during Super Bowl week that he saw. And he's like, honestly, I feel great. Like, I'm a, I'm a couple months out. And a couple months out, okay, that's, that's good. That's fast. So I don't think the injury is going to maybe – like hurt teams from looking at him. Like in my opinion, he's the best QB free agent and it's not even close. Right. Like, like not even close. Uh, so I don't think the injury will, will, will hurt him. He felt very good about that, but look, Kirk cousins, his ties to Atlanta, his wife's ties to Atlanta. I get all that. He's got to stay in Minnesota, bro. Like, how are you yeah. going to be the Minnesota Vikings and let, let your guy walk away. There's reports out there that, hey, you know, we're not going to give him a guaranteed contract. He's had like six or seven years of guaranteed contracts. He's like He's the king of guaranteed, of guaranteed contracts. Money. It's unreal. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Just do another two or three year deal. Because Kirk's getting up there in age, but he's playing at such an extremely high level. And, and I would have said before this year going into it, I do think that the Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins were – heading for a breakup. It just didn't seem well. And then yeah. KOC, the head coach, uh, Kevin O'Connell, and Kirk seemed to find a way to work together and to be like, okay. And you saw KOC's comments about Kirk and just how he loves him. And once I do think they're going to find a way to work it out. I don't know if it's going to be, um, you know, per se all guaranteed because the two former regimes that gave him those are no longer there. This is a new regime. Uh, and I don't really don't think they want to set that precedent there. And um, but yeah, it, it'd be crazy if it's not Minnesota because I do think Minnesota defense stepped up a lot. And you got you got the best receiver, like you got the best receiver yeah. in all of football, in my opinion. So so I, I I like Kirk staying in Minnesota. All right, now let's go to Russell Wilson. And with all due respect to Mike Tannenbaum, who was a big part of the thirty third team, he's not going to New York to be Aaron Rodgers' backup. Mikey T, we love you, but stop that now. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Okay? That is not going to happen. First of all, you think Aaron Rodgers wants Russell Wilson breathing down his neck? I mean, let's just That would be a disaster. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is the real GM of the with the Jets. I mean, he Gosh. basically said, get this guy, get this guy, get that guy. And Joe Douglas did, okay, Aaron, whatever you want. Uh, so, yeah, the idea of Russell Wilson being Aaron Rodgers' backup, no. Hard pass. They're trying so to get less, less Hollywood there yeah. and to bring Russell in to be the Sarah, backup? No. No, oh, my no. gosh. Mike, stop that now. Stop it. All right, Although so where, where, where do we see him? Where do we yeah, see Russell, Russell Wilson? I mean, I don't know. Honestly, it's the hardest one to put at, and, and, and I do <clears> think he's going to have a market, and I'm going to go with the Steelers um, because right, I do like think that. that – look, it's been talked about, but also – I just think that um, Russell would like playing for Coach Tomlin. Like, I, I, I like yeah. Mike Tomlin a lot. I, I think they match well together. Um, 
you know, offensively, uh, you know, I think they could do some good things. Two really good receivers, in my opinion, which, which Russ, um, you, you know, could find. They need that veteran leadership. And the thing we talk about with the Sears, right, it's always been they have the defense. They have the defense. They have the skilled players on offense. Yeah. It's the yeah. quarterback. And that's the internal division right now within the Pittsburgh Steelers is, is it going to be Kenny Pickett? Is it going to be Mason Rudolph? And then when those are the two guys that you have fighting for a job, you got to go out and sign somebody else. Like you got, you have to. And um, yeah, I, I'd like to see Russell in black and gold, black and yellow. I think it'd be, yeah. I think it'd be good. I think it would be too. Um, what about Mac Jones? Um, is he done in New England? Yes. Yes. Okay. That's right. He's done in New England. So, so and and I think Mac Jones is a backup quarterback in this league. I, I do not think Mac Jones well, maybe a starter, maybe a starter in Denver if Russell Wilson is leaves. a starter. No, I think Jared Stidham will get that. Honestly, I think he's played well enough. I think they signed him to a good deal. I like Jared Stidham. I think I think, I think he's. I, think, I like Jared. I've liked him for years, and people give me shit for that. I think Jared Stidham. Can play. I like him too. So yeah. I like I like Jared. Yeah. So where does Mac, where does Mac, Mac Jones Mac go? Will be a Mac will be a backup somewhere. Honestly, I have no idea. And honestly, I don't really care because, like, it's just like, Boom. like, I, uh, can I just say, I can I just say, I appreciate. Hold on, yeah. hold on. I appreciate that answer from you. You know why? Because it's honest and it's real. Why should we care yeah. where Mac Jones goes? Yeah. He's a yeah. he's been terrible outside of his rookie year. He's also a dirty player. He's a dirty yeah. player. He's yeah. a dirty player. Okay, he yeah. can pretend like he's not. I have the tape. I've seen you twist ankles. I've seen you kick guys in the balls. Okay, I've seen you do it. So he's a dirty player. So let's move on because Mac Jones is irrelevant at this point. When Mac Jones, like the uh, like the NFC South last season, when we someone becomes relevant, we will talk about it. But until Mac Jones proves that he's relevant, can play, yeah. and isn't being dirty, I don't want to talk about Mac Jones anymore. Good call. I like the fact that you said that. Well done. And now, what happens with the Raiders? Where do they go? They can't. I mean, Aiden oh. O'Connell cannot be their starting quarterback. Yeah. No, I Is Jimmy I, uh, Garoppolo going to be their starting quarterback? He's suspended now for a couple of games. Yeah, that's funny. He is suspended, right? <laughs> for the no. performance enhancing drugs. Uh no, I, I think that Tom Telesco, my guy, I think he's got to find yeah, love Tom. He's got to find a starter. And I think they're picking too low to find a guy that they really like in the draft. So I do think that they're going to have to go free agency. Um, with it, and that's the biggest deal. There's just not a lot of guys out there. Like I would love, I would love to see if <laughs> if Justin Fields gets traded. I would love to see Justin Fields there because I think what mm-hmm. Justin Fields did in Luke Getzey's offense the last seven eight games of the year um, showed that Justin and Luke work well together. And you saw the press conference and the opening statements from Luke Getzey when he was introduced as the Raiders OC. Like he liked Justin, he thought Justin was a great player, and I think that you go there and you got some, you got some strengths, right? You got one of the best receivers if he's there in football. Yeah. Like I just think that that's a possibility because listen, look, Justin's going to have to end up somewhere. Like that's the thing. Like there's only so many spots that Justin's gonna. Justin Fields is going to be a starter in this league for someone. Is it the Raiders? Yeah. Is it Atlanta? Is it Pittsburgh? I mean, there's not a lot of teams that need. Like true time starter in Minnesota, could he go to Minnesota if Kirk goes to Atlanta? Like all, like that. That's the thing about this QB carousel, which I like. I like talking about it. I like hashing it out. But at the end of the day, it's going to start and end with Kirk Cousins. Like wherever yeah. Kirk Cousins, and in no decision 
of any of these teams will be made until Kirk Cousins finds a team. And then that's the domino that will continue to fall. All right. I like that, actually. Um, real quickly, that while we're on the Raiders, uh, Antonio Pierce, who my guy, I love him. Love him, right? I think he was on the pivot with Ryan Clark. And he was talking about, you know, because they, the, they beat the Chiefs on Christmas Day. He's like, well, you know, we have the, uh, you know, the, the, the Bulls, uh, the, the Pistons, the bad boy Pistons had the Jordan rules. Beat them up, beat them up, beat them up, beat them up. And that's how we win. And then uh, he said, we have the Mahomes rules. I was like, man, the Mahomes rules included two, two turnovers in seven seconds. Yeah, and that's, that was your entire offense. Like, you beat him with a quarterback that didn't complete a pass after the first quarter. Okay, like, which is almost impossible. And had you not been gifted two touchdowns. And had you not been gifted two touchdowns on two turnovers, which had nothing to do with anyone hitting him in seven seconds, he fumbled the ball on the one-yard line, then threw a pick six on the, after the ensuing kickoff. These supposed Mahomes rules don't exist. So, I mean, I, AP, I love you. That ain't what – That ain't what – AP has more swagger than the world combined. Facts. Let's be clear Facts. about that. But yeah. uh, the, your, your Mahomes rules – that wasn't the reason you won the game. Okay, let's just Ooh. let's just be clear. And your record against him over time, terrible. So anyway, separate issue. Moving on. All right. Maybe if Justin Fields goes to uh, goes to the Raiders, he will move up in quarterback rankings. Oh uh, and uh, there were the quarterback rankings uh, on the thirty third team from a guy named Derek Clawson. Right. That's who he is. Right. Who yep. worked for. Yep. That's right. Uh, is he? He's, he's he's part of us, right? In the thirty thirteen. I think he's no, Bleacher Report. Bleacher, Bleacher Report. Bleacher Report, and the thirty thirteen, and he came up with the off season power rankings, and they are wild. They are wild, and for reasons that we don't think are good reasons, why they are wild. He has Brock Purdy as the eighteenth best quarterback. He has Tua Tagovailoa as the nineteenth best quarterback. And he has Jalen Hurts as the 17th best quarterback. He has Joe Burrow as the ninth best quarterback. Uh, this is just wild to me. Uh, I, kind yeah. of, I kind of do love the fact that he has Anthony Richardson at 16. And the only thing we know about Anthony Richardson is that he can't finish a game. Like, that's the only thing we know about Anthony Richardson at the NFL level is that he can't finish a game. So let's just go through the top 10, okay? Let's go through Derek's wild top 10. Number one, Patrick Mahomes. Fine. I got no problem with that. Fine. For obvious reasons. Number two, Lamar Jackson. Okay, he's the MVP. I got no yep. issues with that. Three, Josh Allen. All right. Four, Justin Herbert. And here's where it gets, starts to get weird. All right. <laughs> Matthew Stafford is five. Dak Prescott is six. CJ Stroud is seven. Trevor Lawrence is no. eight. No. Joe Burrow is nine, and Jordan Love is ten. I, well, I have Kyler to start. Kyler Murray's eleven. Ky, oh yeah, Kyler what? Murray. Kyler what? Murray is eleven. I look. I I have to ask. Was there some ayahuasca involved with this? Was there a darkness <laughs> retreat? Because Derek Derek's picture looks like he might have all the time in the world to do some of those things. Um, I I just I don't. I'm sorry. There's no way what? you can put Trevor Lawrence ahead of Joe Burrow. It's, you, there's no way you can put Dak Prescott ahead of Joe Burrow. There's no way you can put Matthew Stafford ahead of Joe Burrow. Get out of here with this, man. I, I, look, I, I'm trying not to go berserk on our guy, Derek. 
here because he Big does D. work. Big D, D-Man, we love you. 30, 33rd team, and, and you are, you, sir, are entitled to your opinion. <laughs> but, but I really would love to sit down with you and just sort of figure out how you got to these rankings. Because yeah. the fact that you have Anthony Richardson two spots ahead of yeah. Brock, Purdy, Brock Purdy. What are you doing? And Tua, who was in the MVP race for most of the year last year. Like and even ahead of I don't I don't get it. Look what these, are you these, what are you doing? Twenty twenty four offseason QB power rankings. Yeah. I agree that Stafford played like a top 10 at the yeah. end of the year. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't get it. And, and I know this, this social media post did really well, 3 million impressions in counting. And most of the comments were like, you're crazy. What are you doing? But you put it out there. So, Look, so I, on some level mission yeah. accomplished and yeah. we appreciate the content, but get out of here. Like, just get yeah. out of here. What are you doing? No, I don't get it. I don't get I mean, it. Like, like, if, if, like, like, yeah. Defend your defend your position. Defend your position is what you I can't. Would say. You can't put a you can't put a list out here and not defend what you're what you're talking about. Like you you really you really think that Anthony Richardson these are is ahead of Brock Purdy. You think Anthony Richardson going into the off season, he's 16. Jalen Hurts, Brock Purdy, Tua, 17, 18, 19. Like how in the where are you thinking these things? You, yeah. you you have no sample size. I do like yeah. that he put Bailey Zappi on here at thirty two though. <laughs> like, like well, yeah. Mac so, Jones someone, didn't even make the list. Someone had to start for the Patriots. It might as well be. So uh, we're gonna re rank them, and I'm gonna re rank them because I saw this. And I'm like, this is absurd. So yeah. top ten quarterback power rankings. So let's just do the top 10. entering the off season. Just the top ten. I don't want to rank all thirty two. I think it's dumb if you rank all thirty two. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, number one, Patrick Mahomes. Duh. Yes. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, number two, I went with Josh Allen. I think that Josh Allen would have been the fair. MVP had it not been for um, so many turnovers this year. Led league in turnovers, right? Like, I think yeah. he would have been the MVP. Now, um, now listen, I, I, think, I think you and I both agree. Mahomes is number one. Two, yeah. three, four, I think you can rank three quarterbacks in that order anywhere you want. And that would be Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, and Lamar Jackson. We've been that? doing two, this three, too four. long. Yep. Right? Three is Joe like, Burrow for me and four is yeah. Lamar Jackson. That, yeah, those, are, any, those are two, two three, yeah. four. Two, three, four. I have no issue. If you want to put uh, Burrow ahead of those two or you want to put Lamar ahead of those two, I, I got no problem with two, three, four. Okay. Two, three, yep. four is fine. And any those yeah. three quarterbacks in any order, any order. completely Interchangeable. Fine. Completely I like that. Yeah. So, I, so in, my, in me, I had Joe Burrow as three. I do like what Joe has done. And I think yeah. that obviously the injury concern, Lamar Jackson balling, uh, MVP, second MVP, yet to to win win the Super Bowl yet, and that's going to be a one. big deal or get to one even. Yeah. Uh, all right, this is where it got a little interesting for me, and I had to had to put away, I had to put to bed the 2023 season because this is saying 2024 off season yeah. QB powering. So we're looking forward to what could happen next year. Yeah. Number five for me was Justin Herbert. Love the fact that he's probably. Yeah, I love the fact that he 
gets a fresh start. I love the fact that Harbaugh's working with him. I think he's going to be a completely different player if he stays healthy, which has not been the case the last two years. Um, C.J. Stroud, for me, was six. Uh, really? So you, just, so, just, just so I clear, yeah. so you had Stroud ahead of Hertz, Purdy, and Tonga Bailoa. Hertz, didn't even, Hertz and, and Tua didn't even make my top ten. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I'm just, just making sure. Uh, yep, so you, yep, you, had, you have C.J. Stroud at six. I yep. might have gone Purdy at six. Purdy's seven for me, so it's interchangeable, okay. I guess, right Fine. there. Yeah, so, so I, and I think that was the hardest one for six. I, I look at the growth that I saw from C.J. Stroud from yeah, this year, and I'm thinking about going into next year with a healthy receiver room, with some more weapons, with a second year in that offense, because you, you remember that Houston retained both Jared Johnson and their OC, okay, yeah. their quarterback coach and their OC. That's huge. Both of those guys were in interviews um, to get jobs. Okay, so Brock Purdy, in my opinion, was seven. And quite honestly, like he could have been a little higher, right? But it's yeah. just like that's, that's what it is. <clears throat> it's a list. Here's where it gets a little interesting to me. So I had Dak Prescott at eight because I do think Dak played. Yeah, and that, yeah, that's fine. That's, and, that, and that was my one that I was like, all right. I do think Dak has played some of his best football as of late, and I think he's going to continue doing it. I agree with you, and he's probably going to get a monster deal this offseason because he has all million the leverage. Talking he, about. Well, he has all the leverage in the world. His cap hit is, is 58 point something. That can't exist. That can't happen. Now, that's basically uh, more than a quarter of what the salary cap is going to be. So that, the, he can't yeah. have that cap hit. And he, they, yeah. the Cowboys know that, so they've got to extend him. I might have put... Um, Instead of Dak at eight, I might have put Jordan Love at eight. I think Jordan I think Love's Jordan, nine. Yeah, for okay, me. see, see, we're very, so. see, like to me, Jordan is. Uh, I don't think people. If you go back from week twelve to to the divisional round, I'm not sure a quarterback played better over that time stretch than Jordan Love. And yep. they have such a young roster. They have the youngest roster in the NFL. A lot of talent. Uh, I just think Jordan Love's going to surprise a lot of people. All right, so I, I would have had Jordan yep. Love one had. One, one yeah. ahead of you. Then who, who do you have next? Yeah, so I had, I had Jordan Love at nine. Yeah. I think that his he has finally settled in. I say finally. He started one year. Like, what are we talking about? I think he is going to continue to grow with that young receiver room, which is yeah. not being talked about enough. They're going to continue <clears throat> to grow. Jordan Love's at nine. And, and ten, honestly, it, it was uh, – I, I – I don't think Jalen Hurts is a top 10 quarterback, to be honest with you, right. this, going into next year. I don't. I don't. And, and, and so in that way, I'm going to put it's, – it, uh, it was between Tua and Goff, in my opinion. And I think with Goff, Goff has been Because I would doing, go with Goff as well. I, I would I go with Goff. Goff as well. I went with Goff. Yeah, me too. And I think yeah. that's what um, – he didn't get enough credit, man. Like what he's been able to do there, he's been constantly counted out. Him and Dan Campbell – Obviously, you know, getting um, his offensive coordinator back is a huge win yeah. um, for the Detroit Lions. But, yeah, th that's the top ten. So, it's it's Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, C.J. Stroud, Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott, Jordan Love, and Jared Goff. Yeah, mine are very similar. We don't need to put your, your – Yeah. They're, they're just, just a little different order. Yeah, but, uh, pretty close. Yeah, Anthony Richardson at 16 ahead of Brock Purdy. Come on, get it. Come on, come on. Get it. Hey, let's put this out there and see what happens. All right. Uh, there's a lot more we'll talk about next week with Combine and Free Agency coming up, but I want to leave with this. Um, I'm sure you've seen the text that Brittany Mahomes shared 
that Patrick mm. put out there. Mm -hmm. uh, and the date of that text was January 5th. And for those that don't know, the regular season had yet to be completed, and Patrick was not going to play in the final game of the season where they beat the Chargers 13-12. to 12. Uh, Patrick, in a family group text, texted, <laughs> I've decided we're going to win the Super Bowl. This is on January 5th, after a season in which uh, they led the league in drops, they couldn't get out of their own way, they had the most penalized player in the NFL in Juwan Taylor playing on the right side, and the offense was stagnant at best for large stretches of the season. Chase, I don't know if I've seen a colder thing in the history of sports. It's not, hey, I think we can win. I, I believe we're going to win. Trust me, we're going to do this. No, no, no. I've decided we're going to win the Super yeah. Bowl. No one else matters. No one else has a say in it. What everyone else thinks, whatever everyone else does is irrelevant because I've decided. And then what happened in a game where the offense was basically inconsistent at best the entire Super Bowl, their only touchdown prior to the overtime score was when they got a muffed punt and they hit MVS with a, with a touchdown pass on the very next play. The only touchdown drive he put together in the Super Bowl was the one he needed for the win in overtime, which included a fourth and one where he ran for about eight yards. I don't know if there's a colder thing in the history of sports than that. I've decided a month before the Super Bowl because I'm just going to do it. And then in a game where he really didn't do much, bang, he did that when he had it, when he had to. It's, it's, it's just another level to the legacy of this dude that we're seeing. It's just another legacy added to Patrick Mahomes' lore. Like, I can't believe that he actually sent that and then also <laughs> that they shared it. Like, I, yeah. I love the fact that they shared it. Like, give us an inside look. Give us a peek into yeah. your mindset. And they had other, like, text messages blurred out, and it was just like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to win it. And a month later, freaking world champions again. I love it. Yeah. On the podium, he said, I already want three. Nobody's won three. I mean, so if we, if we, we'll wrap it up. We'll wrap it up. Speaking of threes, if I really had to rank the top quarterbacks in the NFL, it would be Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes on one leg, which he won last year, and Patrick Mahomes with the worst receiving group and the most penalized player in the NFL. Those are the top he's three quarterbacks in the NFL. He's one, two, and three. I mean, he's, he literally, and you know, people can bitch and moan about it. Get over yourselves. Even Teddy Bruschi in the in the show, and Teddy is my guy. Okay, I worked with Teddy for eight nine years on uh, on NFL Live. Um, he said the the difference between Mahomes and and Brady in the first six years is not even close. It's Mahomes. He said we carried Tom to those first wow. three Super Bowls. Now Tom went on to do great things and set all these records, but Tom out of the gate, we thought he was the scout team guy, and and Bruschi said. His first year as a starter, he threw 50 touchdown passes and was the MVP. He has carried the Chiefs to three Super Bowls. Brady was carried to the first three Super Bowls by the team <laughs> around him. Don't, don't, those are my words. Those are Teddy Bruschi's words. They carry weight. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, always good to catch up with you, my friend. We'll do this again next week. Cheers and flowers and hugs and kisses.